I think we can dive into that in a later date. All right. <laughs> I might yeah. put it on Quora, also known as Reddit for Boomers. So. Boo. <laughs> I love Quora. It's a guilty pleasure of mine. People ask the dumbest mm. questions. Did Did you know that? <laughs> this is completely unrelated. Has but uh, the website Michaels for like art supplies and whatnot. Mm-hmm has a feature where you can talk to other Michael shoppers. I did not. And it's the funniest thing ever. Um, there's a whole like stream of tweets about it, but it's so funny. I will have to check that out. Maybe I'll participate. I thought that we could potentially add a Quora segment where I ask... Because, okay, Quora is pretty much reserved for like genuine questions. They can be dumb. Mm-hmm. But, like, genuine, serious questions. Sure. Like, do I have coronavirus with these symptoms? Or what? a common one is, like, what is the worst thing that your partner has ever done to you? Or when mm. did you know that your relationship was over? Like, stuff like that. Normally, very sure. serious stuff. And it's always fun mm-hmm. just to read, like, insane stories from people that are being, like, really sincere. Mm-hmm. Even if they're idiots. Um, but it's the sincerity that makes it fun it's like oh this actually did happen to you and it's not Mm -hmm. just like or slash am i the asshole where it's people being like i know that i'm not the asshole but i want validation so right it's a very sincere medium so um i was thinking something that we could do is that i could ask a horrible question to quora (laughs) and then okay Next week, we can go over the various answers from the good people at Quora. The Quora. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. We should so, do that. Yeah. Let, let's, let's contemplate on the potential question we could do for the rest of okay. the app. Okay. That's I have it. more we stuff. Can... I yes, have more I stuff have more to stuff say. As well. Okay, good. Uh, uh, okay. Um... I'm just going to toss this in for the last part of my main... Um, for the last part of this art segment. Oh, um, no. Like I got more art. Art itself. You got more art? I got more art. Hit me with the more art. Throw, throw in your thing first, because it's going to be oh, a while. I was, yeah, so, I mean, uh, the, the final person I have on just, like, art-wise would be Murakami. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty basic. I mean... I really like 727. Yeah. If you know what that is, yeah. That's probably one of my favorite art pieces of all time. And of course, everyone just finds him through Kanye because that's just like, graduation is covers Murakami, oh my god. Wait, really? But, mm-hmm. And so is the Kid Seacoast one. But um, once you actually dive in, his art's actually pretty fascinating. So that's all I had to say about that. Okay, cool. All right. I am moving into the realm of music. Whoa, me too. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Um, Because I thought, again, art, pretty vague. Art is whatever you want it to be, right? Exactly. And I was also going to talk about some other stuff, but I started writing way too much about this one specific thing. Go for it. And I was pretty much promised by my counterpart that I could talk about whatever I want. So mm-hmm. I'm using this as an excuse to do a, an analysis on a song. <laughs> so right. um, 
Disclaimer, I am an Arcade Fire apologist. We have no space for Arcade Fire dissing here. Okay. I can see you wanting to diss it. Nope. No, no. I have to say that makes me very upset. So, I'm not going to diss Arcade Fire. Uh, you better not. Um, I won't. You better not. All right. So I think they make good music. I can't tell whether or not he's being sincere. <laughs> no, anyway. I am being sincere. I think Arcade Fire makes good music, um, especially in their earlier albums. But Strong agree. Um, yeah. I do think, yeah, definitely their earlier albums are better, personal opinion. But... Um, I think that's pretty objective. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, today we're going to be talking about, I think, like, their fourth album, Reflector. It came out in 2013, Mm. so, like, one of the older ones, which is, again, it's not as good as the older albums. It's definitely still better than (sighs) Everything Now. Is that the name of the new album? Everything Now. The concert was called um, Infinite Content, which is, like their worst song ever but (laughs) it's literally just going infinite content infinite content infinitely content like that's the song it's not good that's Um, so good it's really bad um i feel like they've kind of run out of stuff but we'll see they might come back with some other stuff i I could honestly have my own arcade fire podcast i could talk about them forever which is why i'm only talking about one song today okay okay background on the band they met in montreal um like, I'm pretty sure the whole band met in Montreal, but right, I'm going to focus on Wynn Butler and Regine Chasson. Chasson. Do you know how to say her last name? No, just just go with whatever you think is best. Chasagny. I'm just going to refer to her as uh, Regine Champagne. Regine Champagne. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be focusing on them because they're the heart of the band. They're married. They have a child. It warms my heart. When I saw them in concert, they like danced with each other in like a little interlude and it, it made me want to cry. I was crying the whole concert. So that's kind of irrelevant, but there you go. Um, so Mm -hmm. anyway, Wynn Butler majored in theology and that Mm -hmm. is very important if you pay any more than a modicum of attention to any of their music because it is isn't incredibly critical but also reverent to like just all kinds of religion like i would say that like neon bible it it, i mean it was entirely recorded in a church it features Mm. incredibly critical songs of um, religious institutions in in a way that is chef's kiss anyway but we're not talking about that (laughs) today we're talking about one song um, and so Virgin Schimpagen is a musical prodigy to the point, and I did not know this because everyone pretty much always calls her like the hype man for Arcade Fire because she just like jumps around a lot in concert, which like fair. She's very physically active. She like goes crazy. She's like the guy from Neutral Milk Hotel that plays the saw where you're, you're, he's just like going real wild. Um <laughs> just really going ham on the saw she's um, going in she she plays the hurdy-gurdy which is the instrument that i've always wanted to play like for every year i'm like would you like to buy me a hurdy-gurdy for christmas <laughs> just letting any if anyone listening wants to donate a hurdy-gurdy to isa lewis i will learn it and i will play that 
hurdy-gurdy version of Requiem for a Dream soundtrack on it, like, immediately. I'll have to learn it, but... We'll add it to our $5 Patreon Patreon thing, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) She'll play the hurdy-gurdy. I'll I'll come out with a hurdy-gurdy EP. I have absolutely no... (laughs) No musical talent, but I will do it i will make it happen if you give me a hurdy-gurdy anyway she plays a hurdy-gurdy but she she is a musical prodigy because she is one of those people that can hear a symphony and exactly reconstruct it in their mind Hmm. like every single piece it's an extremely rare talent where like you can hear something once and play it perfectly and that is because her family she grew up in haiti before moving to montreal and her family was extremely religious to the point that music wasn't allowed. And this is a key point in who she is because she, she loved music. She's always loved music. So sure. she forced herself to memorize everything she heard so she could enjoy it and listen to it in her head. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes her really cool. She, I don't know. I think she's an underrated member of Arcade Fire. But um, she is from Haiti they regularly as a band they'll like save up and go back to haiti like whenever they can hence the song haiti from funeral which is one of the greatest songs of all time but um that they love haiti i remember not knowing that when i went to the concert and right before they played haiti they went like we're taking it all the way back to haiti and my sister turned to me and she was like, like wow they really like haiti for some reason because yeah. <laughs> we just had no way we knew that they were canadian but we didn't know anything else about it but anyway okay Bring so the song that we're covering today is here comes the nighttime from reflector and i'm going to ask flake wren to listen to it right now hey guys it's jake this is a little jarring and i apologize for that but due to copyright reasons we cannot actually play the full song so i'm just gonna put the last like 15 seconds in uh yeah uh give me one moment and we'll be right back and then it transitions into the next song which is meh Hmm. but yeah the next song is normal person not my favorite but but anyway first impressions on the song yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I the lyrics I can definitely see with since you gave me that background of the whole religious aspect, I can definitely see how that falls into all of their lyrical content. Um, and I also think the the instrumentation overall um, was quite good. The, I like how it changed up quite often mm-hmm. and it sometimes the um, it lags a little bit in the middle yeah, I, well, I think I was, but I was gonna say that sometimes it's too jarring oh I love that I, I love it when it gets like it goes from <laughs> one thing to the next thing really quickly but it's because yeah. I, I enjoy jarring um but, but but mainly like if it goes from like something like slow to like really fast very quick i'm fine with that mm-hmm. but if the transition from extremely quick to back to being slow isn't done Perfect. well it can be like uh, like it still works mm-hmm. um 
do I think it's an, like that part specifically amazing, like near the end? No. Um, but uh, overall, I thought it was a good track. Okay. So the reason I want to talk about this today is because the bit at the very beginning, the very fast bits, the polyrhythmic mm-hmm. bits, and the bit at the end. That's the bit I want to talk about. It's not exactly the last 15 seconds, because the last 15 seconds aren't actually my favorite. It's the part where he's like, if you're looking in hell, just try looking for hell, just try looking inside. That's my favorite part, because I, first of mm. all, love that line. Um, but it's because, so those two bits are Haitian rah-rah music. So I don't know how familiar you oh. are with that. Mm, not super familiar. Okay. Yeah. So I, because of this song, I went down a huge rabbit hole mm. for Haitian Rara and Dominican Gaga because I think it's super good. Oh, wow. It's super fun. And it makes a lot of sense because like they, they call Haiti, Arcade Fire has publicly called Haiti like the birthplace of music, which is a hot take. But um, I mean, it, the birthplace of music is probably like West Africa. But Yeah, most likely. both historically and also just literally because polyrhythms like if you don't like polyrhythm in your music then you're you don't have a soul like you just (laughs) don't like dancing if you don't like polyrhythm if you're a polyrhythm and you're like it's too syncopated you're wrong um yeah so uh we can talk about the lyrics a little bit but i at first i want to talk about Rara a little bit. Okay. So Haitian Rara is a Lenten processional music with strong ties to the voodoo religious tradition, especially with male religious obligation. And it's specifically Lenten and not Carnival. Everyone always thinks it's Carnival. It starts in Carnival because that's also when Lent starts. But it's very interesting because it blends voodoo tradition with Christianity, which as you know, in any sort of uh, oh geez, any colony, especially Latin American colonies, um, those missionaries did a top job in just being like, you don't want to do specifically Catholicism, that's fine. We'll blend it with whatever you have, yeah. which is how you end up with like being calling Cotopaxi like a spirit and then also somehow being catholic so like that's how you end up with shit like that Mm -hmm. it's just because they were like we'll modify it to your wishes and so that's like a big part of haitian rara is that it it, at its root it is voodoo but it is aligned with the liturgical calendar in a very specific way and it it is also blended with roman catholicism Mm -hmm. and so a little bit about the instrumentation so it's I'm I'm gonna play some for you in a second. Yeah, I, it's gonna be very listening heavy. Did you I listen listened to, it? to those, the ones you sent me? Okay, cool. The two so, tracks, yeah. Um the Caribbean Rebels, those are the really traditional stuff. Okay. Um Fula is more commercial and uh Bukaman Experience is like pop, like Haitian pop basically. Okay. So um uh that specific group is has a lot of influence on arcade fires music Hmm. um but so the basic instrumentation is drums bamboo horns also known as the vaskin uh tin trumpets and singing but the way it's done the way the whole instrumentation is composed is through something called hocketing so it's basically where you just have a ton of people you have one person going like like hitting a drum mm-hmm. that's pitched to one note. 
and someone else is on a flute and they're also only playing one note okay and someone else is playing the horns also in one note Mm -hmm. and then you all do it together and you do your own rhythm very much like a drum circle Mm -hmm. and you create this very loud very big sound and it all it's very complex and it comes together in a very specific way and it's a lot like jazz in the sense that they have like standards Mm -hmm. that they play but then you also riff off of it yeah and because um of slavery haitian music has west african roots as does i would say pretty much all music in the new world again because of slavery because of polyrhythm like the Mm -hmm. all, all of the beats that we listen to like anything that takes like the uh rumba and mamba like all of that is polyrhythm and that is like the core of most music is just various forms of afro-latino mm-hmm. um polyrhythms i got this from the smithsonian but the smithsonian says that the typical raro orchestra consists of three drums followed by three or more bamboo instruments called ban bow or vascan metal horns called kone several waves of percussion players with small handheld instruments and finally a chorus of singers there's also usually a core group of performers um which are like uh drum majors mm-hmm. or uh kings and queens who dance for quote-unquote contributions and so we'll get to that in a second but um similar to uh the heck my notes are really horribly organized i really apologize for that it's okay similar to the mambo um they have a lot of call and response and Mm -hmm. specifically that is the female part of this experience whereas like um in a lot of these types of music it seems like women aren't really present in the making of the music until more contemporary styles are introduced but that's actually not true because usually groups of women play a big part in the stomping of feet and the singing of response and chorus and stuff like that so that's that's a big part of this um it's obviously played all through lent but it's also very popular like just in the summertime in montreal which is also probably how win butler ended up hearing about it yeah um so I got that. All the notes are from uh, Elizabeth McAllister's book, Ra Ra Voodoo Power and Performance in Haiti and its Diaspora. And so it's got a lot of really interesting info. And I'm going to talk about the religious context a little bit more. They go in great detail about the religious context in that book. So I highly recommend. Um, so it's considered, it's again, at its core, it is very much a voodoo practice so like at the there's the rara group the rara orchestra and at the center there is a spirit like a voodoo spirit and that is what they are playing the music for Mm -hmm. and it's trying to find a good way to explain it it's 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 like they're playing contributions that's what they call it it's like contributions for the spirit and the spirit 
is at the center of it. And it's like, it's a very necessary thing. It's very sure. complicated. And I, it would take a really long time for me to explain it because I don't even com- fully understand it myself. I am not a voodoo expert, mm-hmm. but um, they, it's considered a hot uh, ritual. And so they'll, mm-hmm. they, that's why it's in the streets. And so the processions are always in the streets, but that's why it's in the streets is because it needs to be like spiritually hot. And occasionally, they will even go to the cemetery and ask to capture the spirits of the recently dead. And the word of the, um, for this is zombie, which is where we get the word, hmm. the popular word zombie from, which I thought was interesting. And they bring them into the Rara to heat up the band. And so, like, when you hear the really intense climaxes of the song, that's supposed to be the heating up of spirits for okay. the contribution which i think is just a really interesting context for all of the music mm-hmm. and so i think there i mean there's obviously lots of allusion to that in the song oh, definitely. where they're like you hear the beat coming from the streets and you like you lock the doors you hide inside and that obviously calls back to uh, regine's upbringing mm-hmm. and I just, I just thought that it was all super fun because I just went down a huge tangent for Rara just in my personal life where I was just like <laughs> jamming out to it, which feels yeah. kind of weird because it's like someone just jamming out to, um, God, what is that? The chanting where it's like, mm, the it throat like, chanting. No, 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 not the throat chanting. It's like those, it's not a Gregorian chant, but it's like shortly after. They, like, always put it in, like, scary movies. Oh. Uh, I know what you're talking about, yeah. Because I remember I had a friend, and he wasn't in any, like... He, he listened to He was to just, like, chanting? really... Yeah, he was really, like, jamming out to that. And I was like, okay, I guess. You know what? But, Live your life. Um, Live I'm your sure that life. people that, like, actually practice Rara would think it's really weird that I am, like dipping my toes into it especially because i have like no cultural context with it sure. but i think it's super fun um okay. <laughs> yeah and you did your weird okay um what so yeah uh, an often like critical theme of it in the song is like televangelists mm-hmm. and so like the preachers they talk up on the satellite and anyway i just thought that it was super fun especially because actually like the really slowed down like the the thing that we couldn't tell exactly what it was that is a reference to some of the original rara uh, instrumentation especially like the more raspy sounds and so mm-hmm. i just thought it was really neat because you don't you you hear a lot of other polyrhythmic traditions in popular American music, but you don't really hear rara a lot in popular American music, so I thought that mm-hmm. it was just kind of fun that that was making a little a little cameo in their music. Um, so if you want to hear more about rara, it's really hard to find. Like, they don't mm-hmm. have a lot of recordings of it, just in um it's just not accessible i think it sounds amazing it is beautiful to me if you're something more obviously religious caribbean rebels haitian rara and dominican gaga is a way to go my favorite track on that is vapor because i think it sounds like very ghosty and fun 
Um, there's Fula by Fula, which is chill, calming, still extremely rhythmically complex, but it's not like shaken your very soul. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's Voodoo Ajay. I really hope I said that wrong, right. I like looked it up and everything <laughs> by wrong. Bookman Experience. <laughs> And then Ke Me Pa Sote, which I know I didn't say right, but that okay. song is super popular, very good. It's a classic, highly recommend. So hmm. that is kind of my plug for you to check things out. It's just okay. raw, raw music. <laughs> check it out. It's great. Yeah. Have a good time with it. Wow. All right. Okay. So I have a bunch of other things, but... <laughs> um, I'm gonna just cover them pretty if I if I find myself going in depth on one of them it's just gonna happen um but I support you I believe I, in you yeah I don't think I'm gonna go super in depth simply because we're already at an hour and a half and that's fine um we're gonna be one of those podcasts we're not going that long <laughs> oh yeah three hour long podcast no yes. um uh so, what I have here... Do you want me to go in chronological order? Or should I go... Should I just go wherever? Whatever order you please. Uh, okay, so... I went in a very... I went in a path where it's like... What has emotionally connected with me? Or what has helped me to continue on through this terrifying life um i want to stress that i really did not know what you meant by me things that motivate me i like i was like i kind of just did whatever you know what you you're not too far off i mean you got you got your your raw raw music no but the, i was just that's just something that i've been into like things that i emotionally connect with very different from a huge tangent on raw raw music <laughs> no it's fine um so i i went into i went in depth and i was like okay let's go back let's find what has emotionally moved me in my life for periods of time uh so starting chronologically um and it's not gonna go super far back i'm not gonna go to like when i was five and it's like spongebob is moving i'm not going that far uh just because that's too too long ago and i was also too young and baby boys too young and uh, small to understand uh, complex you emotions. You don't need to explain why you're not like, oh, the Mozart CD that my mom put on my pregnant <laughs> womb. Actually, oh, Jesus my, my grandma would play opera. Opera's when great. We went over, when we went over to her house. But the issue is that she was kind of crazy. Mm. And eventually we figured out she uh, had dementia. And whatever. Yeah. Trauma. Whatever. Comes Tra- in every episode. A lot of trauma. You know, I would have to she invited us over because like my dad my parents worked all the time so um we had to stay with her and i was a little little baby boy um probably from like ages one to six maybe but um no she would like 
give us old food. Oh, oh, oh my gosh! Wait, did you ever read Percy Jackson? Yeah. <laughs> okay, you remember the the guy that basically becomes like the vessel for Kronos that Annabelle's like in love with. He's uh, Hermes's son. Do you remember him? I have not. He's like read the big books. bad guy of the original one. Yes, you have. It's like a side note in it, but it's like just the guy that Annabelle's in love with. He's blonde, and then he goes like missing, and then it turns out he's actually oh. like evil. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, that guy. His mom. You know how she tried to become the Oracle and then went cray because mm-hmm. she couldn't. Yeah. She would just like give people moldy, moldy sandwiches. Maybe that was my grandma. Maybe it was. No. Maybe your grandma tried to be the oracle. Yeah, you know, I don't think so. Um, I'd love to be an oracle, by the way. I don't know. I don't know about that. Apparently, my sister's roommate has, like, a clairvoyant cousin, and I could not be more jealous. No, it's, like, legit. It's legit. How? How is that legit? She apparently called, like, every single one of her family members' deaths like well before they happened so maybe she's just really good at guessing all right I'm, i think she's clairvoyant I'm, I'm gonna choose i choose to believe in things because it's boring if you don't I'm, it's also more fun to believe in things I'm pretty skeptical of that i know you are i'm pretty skeptical but of a i lot say of things. boo Boo, boo skepticism. Okay, whatever. Actually, no, no, don't boo skepticism. Be very skeptical. Yeah. Of many things. Um, QAnon being one of them. Don't fuck with QAnon, dude. You know. I'd like to talk about that when we get to the news section, but only briefly because I really don't want we could again do a whole podcast on QAnon. I'd rather not. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, yeah, my grandma's crazy. Whatever. Um, back in 2017, um, <laughs> only three years ago, only three, um, I moved to Washington in the very mm-hmm. end of 2016. I moved back, um, and transition wasn't the easiest to say the least, I had basically had to pick everything up and move, leaving like relationships and friendships and whatnot behind. So I basically had to restart. Um, and it was hard because I had not only did I have to transition into this entirely new environment, I also had no friends, um, which is extremely difficult. Um, so I felt pretty useless and pretty it was a very difficult point in my life and the only really like solace I found was within music and listening to music and writing a bit um but one of the albums that really helped me uh was Process by Sampha um I don't know if you know this album specifically. I uh, do not. No. Um, it's... I actually kind of just stumbled upon it. Um, he was of... He did feature on, I think, Beyonce's album prior to 
it. Um, and he also like, had singles here and like there. Like her, her self-titled album? I believe so. Okay. I could be wrong. But he definitely had singles put out before it, like Timmy's Prayer, I think it was. Um, so, at, so at that time, I... I somehow, despite having no friends, I somehow managed to get myself into a relationship. Um, but at that time, it was really rocky, and I kind of felt like while we were together, I didn't feel like we were together because she barely talked to me and whatnot. Um, so I think at that time, we were about to break up. Um, and it didn't hit. Okay. Yes. You're going to interrupt this for like a shitty moment in a podcast I listened to. They <laughs> they would s- tell stories like this and then they'd be like ca- name names and then they would and then their address and they'd have to bleep it all out. So do it. Name names. No. Name that, names. That's just more editing. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. And at the same time, they don't deserve recognition. No, well, you're going to bleep it out. What about name names send her hate? No, please don't. Please don't do that. (laughs) We're not about the hate. Let's be super petty. (laughs) No, we're not about the hate. Um, But amongst other albums, that one really stuck out to me. Um, Because while there are albums where it's like, oh, here's, here's my emotions and I'll give it to you in some very complex, strange metaphor... Um, this one, it really feels like a, this is where I am in life kind of thing. Um, from a very unique perspective and, um, and very unique instrumentation at the same time. It starts off pretty mellow. Um, and then songs like Blood On Me are, it, it picks up the pace considerably, but at the same time, it still contains the lyrical content where you still know what he's feeling and what he's dealing with. But then for the rest of the album, it's pretty mellow, but also very grounded in a way where it's acoustic, um, but with electronic elements. Um, it's, it's brutal, it's honest, uh, and if I had to pick a song that stands out really to me, it would be, and I'm sure everyone who else has listened to it uh, thinks the same way, is uh, No One Knows Me Like the Piano. And I, it's definitely a song, it's, it's predominantly piano. Um, and there's a music video for it, which is beautiful. Um, I don't know. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna stop there. But uh, really, just check it out. It's a very underrated album. It ha- he hasn't put out an album since. Um, whether he's working or retired or whatnot, I'm pretty sure he he graduated from a music school with like high regards. So it's a beautiful album. He's great, great artist, and yeah. Uh, I'll have to check it out. You definitely should. Um, moving on. Uh, 
2018 ish. Um, I I was on a quest, and the quest was to go back and find some older songs. Uh, and what? What do you mean by older? Oh, old. Going back to the classics, the good old days. Um, As in, like Rock Maninoff or like the Beatles. Uh, like the Beatles era. Okay. Okay. Not cool. not like, let's go back to classical. <laughs> like let's go back to Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Yep. No. Um, Though honestly, Requiem slaps. Um, classical music, it's got some bangers. Not gonna lie. It occasionally is good. Yeah. Uh, no. I... Though people that only listen to classical music are sociopaths. Anyway. It's kind of scary. Um, Why are you like that? I... Like, everyone knows, like, the generic Beach Boys surfing songs, right? Oh, I'm, I feel like you've told me this before. This specific I? call out yeah maybe i don't know whatever whatever the world needs to know the um, world does need to know yes it was you, in beach boys deep cuts if you have not listened to pet sounds what are you doing what are you doing with your life come on now it's been out for more than 40 years it's 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 one of the greatest albums of all time period it was, it's, everyone gives Sgt. Pepper's. Sgt. Pepper is probably my favorite album. Top three, for sure. Really? Yes. I love Sgt. Pepper's. Who doesn't love Sgt. Pepper's? Are you crazy? No, I, I mean, I love Sgt. Pepper, too. But I, I don't know. I feel like I listened to Beatles when I was, like, too young. And, like, I take it for granted. Go back. Re-listen to it. Um, I, I actually did after Yesterday came out. I, okay, I know a lot of people were like, Yesterday was dumb. Yesterday? No, it was cute. It was cute. I don't give a crap. No, it was cute. It was funny. It's a funny concept. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm going to disagree with you on that. I'm going to say no. I've seen it like three times, partially because my family really likes it, but... What? Why? It's funny. (laughs) Okay. I'm not going to advertise. Do not go see yesterday. Please don't. Go ahead and go see yesterday. If you want, you but it just okay. makes you want to listen to the actual Beatles. That's yeah, like pretty much it. Just listen to the Beatles. It's fine. Um, I I mean, don't watch yesterday for the covers. Like that's weird. <laughs> yeah. That's like being like, I love the soundtrack to Mamma Mia. No, you just like ABBA. ABBA. Like yeah. you just like ABBA. Yeah. Uh, no. What I was gonna say is, people give Sgt. Pepper's the credit of being like one of the first experimental albums and i'm gonna say bullshit yes there it is very experimental for its age and time but go back to pet sounds and listen to that shit it is mind-blowing like and we take all these beach boy songs for granted but like sloop john b god only knows those are all like everyone's like oh i know the songs but like actually listen to the lyrical content actually go in and like analyze the instrumentation because it's so crazy they're just it's like i mean it's kind of the wall of sound concept 
but mm-hmm. they, there's a, I mean wh- I'm a big fan of that anyway so yes um but uh, one song specifically that I used that I went to a lot in my time specifically in high school was um I'm waiting for the day do you know mm-hmm. this track yes I do yes um it's so it's very abrasive and then it like mellows out and then it's like beautiful and it's so many different sounds at once but they all work and blend together effortlessly like it just works somehow even though it's the worst thing if you heard it and like if it wasn't mixed well and you heard all those things banging at once, you'd be like, oh my god, please stop. <laughs> um, but <laughs> in my notes, I have lyrical content hit hard for little Jake. Because it's true. Oh, little I, Jake. It, you know, it's not, you fall in and out of love, and then sometimes you just hope that one day you'll get back. Or you'll... That crush. Alternatively, you meet someone new. Or that crush that you've always had. No. That crush you've always had will come through. Mm-mm. One day. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you're, you're bringing down the hope. <laughs> we need to keep it alive. Like, I'm glad you connected with the music, but also, like, connect with it less. Oh, come. I'm editing all of this out. <laughs> Trash. Trash. Um... Yeah, it's just... <laughs> what? Some of this in here is... I, I definitely wrote this in like five minutes because it says... Uh, I used to listen to it when I had crushes on people and whatnot and just hope and hope. I have what is your number one crush song? My number one crush song? Okay, no, because almost all of my playlists are crush playlists. Like when I make a playlist, it's either like sad boy playlist or they're like playlists that I have for specific crushes that I have. Like I make a little soundtrack. Uh, like is a song that's on, like one that like repeats itself throughout most of no, them. No, it's like, yeah, yes, yeah. Um. <sighs> Probably something from Bleachers, their like newest album. Or, um, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen, you gotta give it up to her. She's got, the, she's got those upbeat, happy pop songs, like, I Really Like You, uh, Run Away With Me. So good. The, I haven't heard any of Carly Rae Jepsen since what? Uh, Call Me Maybe. What? Oh I know that's God. like a cardinal sin. That is a cardinal sin. Because everyone, everyone loves her. Everyone but loves it's, her. I'm very disconnected from the world, so I'm not going to blame myself. I was too busy uh, listening to Haitian Rara music. Uh, you, you have to go back and listen to that, because it's, it's Carly Rae Jepsen... It's, it's good, like, huh? It's the epitome of happy. Like if you just need a burst of oxytocin, just listen mm-hmm. to some. That's the flaming whips. Hey guys, I know the cut here is a little jarring, but to keep on track, I'm just gonna cut to the end of what I was discussing. 
but if you want to hear the full unedited version, you can follow our Patreon and become a patron. Get our whole discussion. Um, what you're missing it right now is a small five-minute tangent on cuttlefish uh, hypnosis and um, our disapproving of murder. So uh, feel free to check out our Patreon, get that whole entire conversation, and yeah, we'll be right back. The last thing I'm going to talk about um, is more recently. Uh, so now we're in 2020. Uh, I, it's like a month or so into quarantining, um, my, the end of my spring quarter wasn't the greatest, I was, felt kind of alone, although I got, well, we all kind of feel kind of alone right now, but, (laughs) uh, certain friends were leaving, uh, not just away, but permanently, um, relationships were ending, and I just kind of felt at a weird place in my life, and I don't, didn't know what to do, um, and an album that really helped in that process was Jeff Rosenstock's We Cool, um, and initially I was pretty turned off to it, because Mm -hmm. I, I really loved Post, which is not his most recent album, but um, because he just dropped one, but the, the one prior to that. Um, I loved it so much that I actually saw him in concert. Um, but uh, it took a while for me to get to it. Um, and then I I don't think I would have connected it to it as well if I heard it prior, simply because it's it's a little bit more mature than like post because post is it's a post-punk album post-rock hence the name post but um this one is more it has those elements it's like much more gritty and it's much more adult focused um and but it's really a deep dive into feelings of maturing growing up, loneliness, abandonment, and it does it, it does that in a way where it's not super complex, so, like, there's a song called, like, Drinking Beers Again Alone, so it's not crazy where it's like, whoa, he's painting a a picture with words, and he kind of is, but it's not, like, a beautiful painting it's just I am sad (laughs) and I need to express this but through like angst and my life um and if anyone's heard it they've probably heard nausea which is really the standout track um and it's a banger it sounds very pleasant and the music video is really odd um so i would say listen to it first and then watch the video or do vice versa and maybe you'll connect with it more once you watch the video um but the song that really means a lot to me is all blissed out um and it's i can't 
remember what it is specifically, but I believe it's an accordion for most of it. And then there's only five lines in the entire song. So it's, I can, I'm just going to read the five lines and then I'm going to make you listen to it because you maybe listen to Arcade Fire. Uh, okay. Uh, the five lines are, I've been trapped inside a sharp mental picture of your heart waiting for me to come home, but I can't get home. Might as well be no one. So we're going to listen to it real quick and then we'll give you more thoughts. Hey guys, sorry, it's the last time I'll interrupt everything, but uh, just the same drill again. Can't sh- listen to the entire thing because it will be copyright claimed. Um, so yeah, last 15 seconds of Jeff Rosenstock's All Blessed Out. Go listen to it if you haven't. Bam, great song. Okay, uh, bye. beautiful yeah it's so good um it transitions into all the songs transition into each other you can tell yeah yeah but what are your thoughts um well i i really liked it first off uh very sad yeah like palpably sad um i'm just a fan of that kind of instrumentation period Mm mm-hmm like I, I like the, I, I love drone instruments of all kind. Mm-hmm. Anything with like a humming, raspy sound. Uh, uh, drone instruments are thought to be the earliest form of instrument aside from like drums. Sure. Like they have big Greek pictures of people doing weird drone stuff. So, <laughs> um, I think there's something that's almost like coded in people's DNA to like feel strong emotional impact to drone instruments mm-hmm. but that again hot take um really liked the way that it developed as it went on yeah um it could it's not but that could very well be the end of an album and it would make sense because mm-hmm. it has like a quiet climax yeah if that makes sense so yeah, I liked it. Okay. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I, I've listened to that album many, many times since I first listened to it. And for sometimes I just had it on repeat for days because mm-hmm. it's like the only thing that could help me cope with this strange experience. Um, but that was the song that I was that really took me off guard caught me off guard um it like hit you yeah it was i was just like huh because it's more than any of the other songs it's you can like you were saying you can really feel the emotions within it mm-hmm. um and that's being driven primarily by the slow build and then the huge explosion of sound near mm-hmm. the end um but it's also i mean the lyrical content is very minimal and also not the deepest thing but it's the way he's the way that they edited it and put it through a filter but also the way he's just performing it gives it a whole new life 
while his usually he's like yelling or screaming um right it 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 really brings you down to a humanistic level and yeah i just it it just helped me cope with losing friends in this and losing friends and adapting to this new environment that mm-hmm. I'm stuck in so being in a plague being in a plague um i think that's basically it um uh the one I'll toss in is David Bowie's Black Star but that's that's a common you, mm-hmm. you should you should definitely listen to that um if you haven't already yeah no and I what are you doing like Daft Punk I'll probably go on a huge tangent about Black Star in the future because I think it is a perfect album um I look forward to it good <laughs> but yeah well what how what is the news that you want to okay discuss before we before we go into that real quick um just the albums the two albums that off the top of my head i thought got me through things the way you described it i'm mm-hmm. not gonna go into a story that's okay because y'all don't need it now <laughs> but um high as hope by florence and the machine mm-hmm. also a, a very loud sounding artist often it's her most grounded album because mm-hmm. she was sober uh every other album she was not so i mean that means a lot but like a lot of the lyrics like they're again not very complex but they like i feel like they really call me out mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and all blissed out really reminded me of the last track on that album mm-hmm. which almost does the reverse thing where i mean it starts out really slow mm-hmm. gets really big but then it quite literally fades away. And, like, that's the point of the song. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a really beautiful song, really beautiful album. Highly recommend it. It wasn't really well received. No. Because she was kind of breaking away from her brand. Yeah. Which kind of sucks. Because, like, you want artists to be able to be dynamic, but people often just want the same. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is Wincing the Night Away by The Shins. Mm-hmm which is just one of my favorite albums. Like, I know that Sleeping Lessons in Australia, uh, like, they are, they, those are really popular songs. But um, Red Rabbits is a really beautiful one. And Turn On Me, amazing. Super good. Mm-hmm. Um, love that album. Sea Legs, we could have done without that track. But, I mean, you have the, your obligatory sex song. Yeah. So, um, and then also... <sighs> Just Kid A. Kid A. Kid A. I was listening to Kid A on loop. On vinyl, on loop. So it was a very active on loop listening experience. <laughs> Seek it up every um, now and then. Yeah, because it does the like click, were click thing. Yeah. And you're like, I, if I listen to this anymore, I'm going to have like a weird um, psychedelic moment. And I'm not down for that. You'll just start thinking that you're Kid A. I am kiddie. <laughs> okay. Um, no, that that is the album that has got me through quarantine in the same way. So, anyway, yeah. yeah. Moving on. News. News. Do you have news? My news has a theme. What is your theme? Poo. Poo? Poo. It's, your theme is poo. My theme is poo. I, have, I collected two stories. Okay. I... And they're both about poo. I didn't really collect a lot of stories. So I'm here for your poo stories. 
Okay, okay, cool. So, first one is about penguin poo. So, recently, satellite images have been used to find 12 new penguin colonies in Antarctica. And do you want to know how they did did it? Looking at their giant piles of poo. Nice. So, yeah, it sucks because it's not exactly a sad story because it turns out that these are found at, like, ecological margins that are especially at risk for melting due to climate change. So kind of sad. Damn. Seems about, like, 80% of the colonies are going to decrease from, at a minimum, 31% based off of the damage we've already done mm. to 90% if Oof. we keep going. Um, but it shows the ever-present power of poo. Uh, people are really excited about it, especially because you can't really explore Antarctica, so it's really hard to track pe- penguin populations. So it seems that poo is going to be the predominant way of studying penguin populations from now on. So that's kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> I got that from CBS News, by the way. Source, source. The... <sighs> CBS News. Yeah, you got. No, no, no. I'm saying you got to keep that source in there. Yeah, yeah. obviously. All right. So, um, and then my other thing on poo. I'm going to begin this with a question. Where do you prefer to poo? You know, uh, typically in a toilet, uh, preferably (laughs) in my own house. Uh, Public bathrooms, not my favorite. Have to use a public bathroom? What is it that you're looking for? Uh, Cleanliness. uh, Slim chances that I'll die. Mm Uh toilet paper i'm very simple when it comes to pooping in a public bathroom (laughs) um so it is believed that the two main concerns that people have when they are trying to use a public toilet is number one cleanliness as Mm -hmm. you said and the other one is is venues inside the public toilet because you don't want to have a communal poo unless you're into that but (laughs) Those are the two main concerns, right? When you're looking for a public toilet. Sure. And so some, I think some 15 architects in Tokyo have designed new public toilets that are transparent. So I sent you a picture. Oh no. Oh no. Do I want to see this? Yeah, no, it's very pretty. They're gorgeous toilets. They're, uh, colored glass. You can see all the way through them. You can see the toilet. They're all lit up all pastel. It's honestly gorgeous. (laughs) Looks like straight out of um, anything by Spike Jones. And they're they're delightful. And so you might be worried. You might be worried when you happen upon this transparent toilet Mm -hmm. in Shibuya. Uh, but worry no more because they use a special technology that when someone is inside of the toilet, they go opaque. Oh, wow. That's what I was, I was like, oh, it becomes in, like basically right. invisible. Right. And so That's super cool. That's really cool. So, yeah. So you, you can tell you always know that they're going to, you know, just by looking at it, whether or not it's clean, whether or not there's toilet paper. Except they don't use toilet paper because they use bidets because we're living in the dark ages over here in the U.S. in terms of toilet technology. We just got to get some Um, water shoved up our butt. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. So, no, it's it's, um, a big... A big deal. Yeah, the Nippon Foundation is redesigning 17 public toilets in Shibuya, one of Tokyo's busiest shopping and entertainment districts. 
um, they're trying to, you know, be clean, be technologically forward. I don't know if you've heard of the company Toto. Oh my god, Toto? I'm so familiar with them. Not to be mistaken with, with the dog from Africa. Or the dog from uh, <laughs> D- uh from Wizard, <laughs> Wizard of Oz. Of Oz yeah. <laughs> we we went very different places with that. Yeah. Um but Toto is a Japanese company. They were the ones that came up with um I think they called it Washlet and it was the first bidet, the first um popular commercially available bidet they're like basically a monopoly in japan they have them installed in like every single like public toilets they're all over the place um and so the transparent toilet project is partnering with toto to have excellent toilets with heated seats bidets and deodorizers they're using the top toilet equipment and let me tell you that's ritzy because the like top of the line toto toilets cost upwards of like seventeen thousand dollars so that's a lot that's very very nice public toilets so if you happen to be in the area after these toilets have been installed check them out I'm honestly... And that's according to NPR. I'm honestly... Okay, so... There's been a ton of coverage of these toilets, by the way. They're like... People are going cray for them. And I did just say cray. Do I regret it? Yeah. Okay, so... Do you want to know what's funny? Is that... uh, What? When you sent me those, I thought that was part of the art that you were enjoying and now I'm looking at it and I'm I'm actually kind of enjoying this bathroom. No, the toilets are are gorgeous. They're lovely. They're They're supposed to be like especially impactful. No, it's like there's a whole movement in landscape design of trying to incorporate light to make sure that your design can be like change in terms of its aesthetic impact and so oftentimes people will like light under the benches. They'll light um, like pools, they'll do all kinds of stuff with light. This is a really great way to do that in a way that's actually necessary. So you're not just like wasting light on a freaking bench. You're you're lighting up a toilet and it's beautiful. So I'm actually a huge fan of these. I think they're super cool. And I also think it's just really funny because you see it and you're like, uh, whew. am I just going to like pee in front of a window? Because I remember being around 12 and Pogli, <laughs> Pogliacci Pizza had just opened in Bellevue. Mm-hmm. And I used to go to school in Bellevue. And we went there for the premiere and I really needed to pee. And the building design had it so there is the only like large window in it was right next to the bathroom. Like a Ooh. wall-sized frosted pane window. And it was like, yeah, it was frosted. But if you got real close to it, you could still see like outlines of people. Mm-hmm. And I remember going in there as a 12 year old very uncomfortable pubescent <laughs> child mm-hmm. and seeing a man like lean up against the uh, glass looking like he was trying to look in and ew. i was like i cannot and I, I i left and i went somewhere else so i would imagine that people have a very similar reaction when they first see this toilet but i, I feel sure. like it's it's a a neat use of technology i agree and I just looked it up. You spend about 240 days of your life pooping. So... Excellent. Might as well do it in some cool architecture and... Right? 
Nice I lighting. No, like poo is a big deal. I, I can't talk enough about it. It's one of the largest threats for ocean acidification. Like you think a storm, you, you saw Parasite. Mm-hmm. You saw it. You saw that nasty poo thing. Yeah. Where the city's just full of poo. That happens everywhere. Yeah. Just because, you, like you can, any coastline, big problem. Ocean acidification, we're all going to die. So think about it. Think about it. Be conscious of where you poo. <laughs> Oh, I'm we need a, to come up with our Quora question. Our Quora... Um, Make it really dumb. But, like, a little strange. Because normally, again, it's very serious. Okay. Um, I'll give you a prompt. Make it hat-related. Hat-related? Did Abraham Lincoln's skull fit through? <laughs> Did Abraham Lincoln's entire head go to the top of the hat? Stay tuned, for the people of Quora will answer this question. Now, I, I really want someone to give to me... be like, yeah. Give me a diagram of, like, a skull that's just very vertical. Or it's just like... Oh, yes. It actually does touch the top of his hat. Okay. To recap, um, the artists and art we discussed today includes Francisco Goya, um, Cause, Murakami, Jeff Rosenstock, Sweet Cool, Pet Sounds from the Beach Boys, Processed by Sampha, David Bowie's Black Star, uh, Ai Weiwei, Arcade Fire, various rara music, um, The Shins, Florence and the Machine, and then we also talked about Pooh. We also talked about Pooh. And next week, we'll get our answer to our core question and discuss more about art and trauma and maybe have a guest. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. All right. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Bye.